Welcome back to the Pelt Pod, a new segment introduced this week. It's our first ever bag drop series where we get a chance to sit down and have a quick chat with some of those individuals from the front line and battleground of golf right here in Ontario. And we're proud to introduce our first ever guest on the bag drop series. He's a former director at Wasserman. He was the driving force behind bringing Kraft Hockeyville to Dundas, Ontario in 2010. He even has his name attached to a very popular broccoli brand right here in Ontario. He's the general manager of Coketown Woods and the man behind the resurgence of Coketown Woods. Welcome to the Pelt Pod, Barry Ford. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you having me on. Barry, for those who maybe have never played Coketown Woods, or maybe they have, but they just don't know the history behind the property, could you tell us a little bit about the history of Coketown Woods, the type of course it is, and, and when it was built? Yeah, um, so Copetown Woods is, uh, I guess, what you could refer to as an inland links. So links inspired with fescue, wasteland, you know, waste bunkers uh, that line some fairways. Um, sits on about 200 acres um, of land that was once a broccoli farm. Uh, I grew up actually on a on a farm. My dad was a farmer. Um, we farmed 500 acres of broccoli, exclusively broccoli, uh, that was actually... Um, kind of little known fact uh, was named Berry brand broccoli. Uh, when, when my dad started specializing in broccoli in the eighties, they needed to have a product name for it. And uh, I'm the youngest of five, four older sisters. Uh, and so, yeah, my name happened to start with a B. And so I guess that just kind of made it easy for him. Uh, so yeah, so in 2002, um, we f- started construction prior to that started having the conversation about, you know, what could we do with this, you know, the piece of land that the golf course sits on really, really sandy soil. So it was never conducive to growing vegetables. I remember growing up, growing up working on the farm and, you know, literally, you know, harvesting broccoli and and driving tractor. And there would be some that would be, you know, full grown, you know, nice full head of broccoli and some that would just be, you know, like, two inches tall it would just you know it was very um very sporadic how of the growth and so yeah so it was decided you know what what else could we do to um you know keep the land and, and make use of it and so a golf course uh, a golf course came to mind and and that was music to my ears because there was no chance i was going to be a farmer um and uh, so yeah so zoning uh, changes all that kind of stuff we went through that took a couple of years and then, yeah, first dozer was on the ground April 1st, 2002. And 14 months later, June 3rd, 2003, we opened the golf course uh, with full clubhouse, everything. We made the decision early on in the process that we were going to open with everything after seeing a bunch of new golf courses open with trailers and, you know, temporary structures. We wanted to, you know, kind of just knowing that first impression counts. We wanted to come out of the gates hot and, um, and it, it seemed to work. We are uh, a few weeks into this stay-at-home order here in Ontario. Um, we saw what, uh, what has transpired with a, a local golf course here in Ontario. Um, how are you handling it with your staff? How is Copetown Woods handling uh, this, this stay-at-home order that uh, the, the government's put on with us? Yeah, we're, we're obviously not in an ideal position right now uh, with everything closed down. We were fortunate to be able to be open for almost four weeks uh, coming kind of starting the third week of March and, and until the state home order was issued on, I think it was April 17th, but um, we're, we're doing, I, I suppose, as best you could possibly be doing. Um, we've got a, our full turf crew still working, uh, maintaining the golf course and 
I mean, obviously they're, they're cutting grass. Everything's starting to really take off now. And, and hopefully we get a little bit more warmth soon and, and it will just continue to go. But um, getting a lot of things done that they wouldn't maybe necessarily have the time or ability to um, with a full tee sheet of golfers you know, edging bunkers and, mm-hmm. uh, ensuring all the sprinkler heads are, you know, are good to go. They, all these things would be done eventually, but you know, as, as you guys know, when you, when you've got a full tee sheet of golfers and you've got groups back to back, you know, rolling up the, uh, to greens and tees, it's a, uh, it makes things a little bit more difficult to get those, uh, those type of jobs done. So we're doing that and, uh, and, you know, our food and beverage is still continuing to, to move forward and just Thursday through Sunday doing some, you know, I guess, feature meals every week. Beyond that, uh, we're just trying to stay top of mind and, and keep, uh, keep things light. Um, there's a lot of negativity uh, around everything. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, uh, just keep things a little casual and light and, uh, yeah, just get ready to go. We're ready to go. Once, uh, once we get that green light, same conversations down here in the London area, everyone is so discouraged. It's almost like we've been in this place for, better part of over 12 months now how is morale you're a guy who loves to get up and go to work every morning obviously it's a huge operation how do you stay positive this far into the covid war if you will i think we in in ontario you know with i guess ontario or the world um in golf uh, we were pretty fortunate last year where obviously everything you know the news came down we weren't able to open until may 16th last year as soon as May 16th came around, nobody really knew what was going to take place, how, what golf was going to be. Um, nobody had any idea. And I mean, now that we look back at it, um, but as soon as we opened, we went from zero to a hundred and didn't slow down until the end of the season. We had an amazing uh, summer of weather, which obviously helped, you know, immensely. But I, I would say overall, the morale for golf is, I think we're still we're in good shape. We know and we're confident now that um, we know the demand is going to be there. The the surge in demand we had last year is going to continue. I think everyone is confident in that. And so, yeah, I mean, it obviously sucks that we can't be open right now. But having that, I guess, looking into that crystal ball, knowing that our T-sheets are going to be full uh, is is a pretty – I guess, easy way to stay, you know, keep that morale up. Mm-hmm. Now that morale for people like myself and, and our other senior managers around here that are on salary that are working and, and still getting paid, it makes our morale, you know, okay. But all of those people, I mean, we have, we're pushing 80 to 85 employees that most of them are sitting at home and, and not being able to uh, collect a paycheck. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's obviously, it's not great for them, uh, but they know the position that we're in and, they know that as soon as you know, as soon as we're able to, and we get that green light from the government, they'll be here, and we need a full workforce ready to go right out of the gates. So it's really you're going to be going zero to hundred really quick as soon as you get as soon as the green light gets given to you. Absolutely. And and gearing up for that, you're saying you're, you've got the green staff there every day. You're you're, you're paying those those employees to be there. You, you're, the revenue streams are, are are coming in are are not there where they're supposed to be right now. So what can some um, some members or or your golf course? It's a, it's a public golf course. What can the public do to continue to support Cope Town Woods and continue to support for that matter in Ontario their local clubs? What can what can they do? I think a lot of the clubs, whether public or private, are still continuing on with their food and beverage operation, and it's a it's something that is one of really the only thing that we can the, that we can do to be able to bring in any generate any any sort of, uh, sort of revenue. Golf shop sales, uh, and we don't do 
I'll be honest, we don't do a ton of, of golf shop sales. Uh, we don't carry hard goods. We don't do anything like that. So we're not, I'm not act, act, um, actively pushing anything through our golf shop right now, but I know a lot of private clubs and, and other, you know, golf uh, professionals that are continuing to sell merchandise you know, through, you know, their online channels, social channels, things like that. So I think there's the opportunity for people to, uh, I guess, support and help out and, and keep, uh, keep a few dollars flowing in the door of, of their favorite golf courses. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it's a tricky one because obviously we've got, you know, every other local business that, that we're trying to support as well. And, and, you know, whether those be local, you know, restaurants that are standalone. And um, again, we're very, very fortunate in the golf industry that, um, you know, we obviously, we have a restaurant, so we understand mm-hmm. and, 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 and a good one at that, that Barry, and a very good one and, at that. Uh, I, I have uh, had your Easter, Easter dinner. I'm fortunate oh, enough to go, to go home for Easter dinner to, to my parents and with nice. my sister living just around the corner from Coketown Woods. Uh, I partook in that, di- partook in that dinner and it was fantastic. So perfect. We, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, so it's a tricky one where, you know, we're trying to balance, you know, obviously we don't want to, you know, as much as we want to be able to have, we'd love everybody to come and, and eat here all the time. We know mm-hmm. that there are other local businesses and, and people that we know and, you know, friends of ours that have uh, that own businesses that we're trying to support as well. So it's a, uh, it's a share the wealth type, uh, type thing, I guess we got going on now. Absolutely. And, um, it's, it's going to be difficult for, for a little while. Um, and, and just mo- moving on a little bit just to, um, and actually just going back to, to that, speaking about online platforms for uh, golf courses, trying to push their, their social media to sell stuff in the shop. I know you said you're not taking that approach for sales, but Copetown Woods and social media, they just go hand in hand together. We've seen you over the last two years um, and just kind of moving away from the, the COVID talk and how active you are on social media. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about how uh, that resurgence has happened at Copetown Woods and, and including social media within that? Yeah, I mean, I I guess the first, the, the, a lot of people actually ask me about this. Like, oh, you know, really, you know, seeing you guys on social a lot and you're getting a, a you've got a really active following and people are engaged and you know, what's your strategy? And my strategy is literally that it's just no strategy at all. It's, it's whatever, uh, whatever comes to mind at the, uh, at the current time, there, there are certain things that, you know, that will plan out in it, uh, you know, that I will plan out and map out in my mind in advance of things that I want to messaging. I want to get across and mm-hmm. you know, maybe if there's special events, you know, like an Easter brunch or something along those lines that we're going to want to push. That's one thing. But, um, but, you know, if I look at my office window and see, a great sunset or see a turkey running across the driving range or whatever it might be. Um, I just go and do it. And, and just, and you know, the other, I guess the, the other strategy, uh, unstrategy that I have is that I'm not afraid to make fun of myself. Um, I'll put myself out there first. I know people are going to make fun of me, including my wife and my dad that owns a golf course. Um, and so I, uh, I'm the first one to be able to do that. And, uh, and again, it just, it keeps things light and, you know, you've mentioned the resurgence of, of Copetown Woods, and I, I left the golf course for seven years. I, we opened in 2003, and, and I left at the end of 2012 uh, to go and work for Wasserman's uh, sports marketing agency. And the uh, last four years I was there specifically, I, I managed RBC's global golf portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so I got a, a real good taste of the corporate life, the you know, I traveled a lot, went to some of the top golf courses in North America, ran events at those golf courses, dealt a lot with the, you know, the players and, um, you know, so coming back to Copetown Woods, 
it's a different scale. It's a different level. Um, you know, the, um, at the end of the day though, I guess the one big thing that I realized when I was coming back is we're a public golf course. We're a public golf course that every single person, when they leave work or they leave their house to go and play golf, whether it's at Copetown Woods or anywhere, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They've got a smile on, on their face. They are expecting to have a great day. Now, if they suck at golf, we can't help that, but we can provide everything else to make it a great day. And the one big thing that, you know, that I really, really tried to push and coming from the agency life, you know, for seven years, uh, culture is a massive thing that it was constantly pushed. Um, nothing that I would really ever thought about before I left the golf course, but coming back that culture, the atmosphere, um, you know, not only for golfers and guests that come in here, but for employees, you want to go and you want to work at a place that's cool. That's fun. Um, that you don't, you know, you're not always kind of walking on eggshells to wonder what's going to happen next. And to be quite honest, I mean, I've, I love working here because I'm happy to, you know, instead of calling you Jacob, Mr. Bishop, who, you know, mm-hmm. welcome to Copeland Woods, Mr. Bishop. It's like, hey, Jacob, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Hey, yeah. OB, OB on the right of the first hole. Don't just, don't think about it. Don't think about it. But if you need another sleeve after the second hole, come on in and see me. I've hit like, one or two in that Those field. are those conversations. Yeah. You know, what? Um, and, and that's the perfect world, I think. Perfect word is, is culture because you see it on social media. I mean, my first job in the golf industry was at Copetown Woods. I was a little, I worked in the back shop uh, under Barry. And, you know, the golf course hasn't changed in the last three years, the actual golf course, correct? The physical. No, it hasn't at all. No, but, exactly. But, yeah, but no. It's, it's the culture. I mean, we see it on social media, the little employee packages that you, you, you've put together for your staff. I mean, that just goes to show yeah. you it, it's a team. Of, it's, it's a team. And, I, and it takes yeah. a whole team to, to get the job done at the end of the day. And then uh, speaking again on culture, the, the patio, I mean, Gosh, yeah. the, the the patio renovation that now we're at times two now. You've done a, a second patio addition on the back, yeah. and, and and that's that really encompasses exactly what you're trying to do is give a full day experience for the player. It's not just about coming, getting getting your vehicle, getting out of your vehicle, playing golf, getting back in, and leaving. You want them to be able to be around the golf club, have a great day, and be able to go tell that with their friends. and And we've seen that uh, with the TSN crew. Can you comment on a little bit about? Uh, Duthie and Dutchie and, and Mackenzie coming out there and uh, and playing because w- what's the match at now? I think is Mackenzie up on Duthie one one nothing. I think Mackenzie, yeah, Mackenzie is uh, is up. the The last one, the the rematch, uh, it kind of went unanswered as to what happened. So I don't know. I'm, I think they maybe both shot a hundred, but um, <laughs> they. Uh, I'm just kidding. They're both pretty decent golfers, yeah. but. Um, yeah, those guys, I mean, yeah, those guys coming out and, and kind of, you know, talking about the golf course and, and sharing their stories and spreading the word is, is, is great. And, and yeah, the, you know, back to the patio, the patio is, it's again, it's, it's a, it's a great spot that as much as, you know, you you could be out on the golf course with your three buddies playing and you have a couple beers on the, you know, you have a, a beer on the, on the golf course and you're chatting, but there's nothing better than that beer on the patio and what I kind of say to everybody is our patio is perfect to talk about all those putts that you missed. Yeah. And it's, you know, and that literally is what it is like, Oh man, if I had to hit, you know, that putt on 17, I would have been, you know, I would have shot 98, but it's like, you know, it, it's that, it's that place that we can, you know, continue to just make people feel comfortable and the atmosphere that, you know, when you're coming up to the, you know, the ninth and the 18th hole and, and you see a full patio, it's, it, you know, People puff their chest out a little bit more when they're uh, they're coming up to try and hit that chip and um, and putt and uh, yeah it's just 
it just makes for a very cool place to uh, to kind of hang your hat every day. So but I'm pretty fortunate. And I think you get that feel from everyone. The conversation that just surrounds the golf course is that there there's a feel, there's a following, there's a there's a type of of golf that's played there, and it's fun. Um, I have memories there of even playing junior uh, competitive golf. That was always a scene. You could always find Copetown Woods on some sketch of main junior circuits that were out um, a few years ago when I was playing. Maybe just talk a little bit about that, Barry, how important it is um, to have that younger demographic out at the golf club and talk a little bit about the junior scene and kind of how you view it. Uh, Because I know that there are some uh, managers and management teams out there that maybe behind closed doors would have different different opinions about um, a big junior core at the golf club. So just talk a little bit about your outlook and the junior scene kind of at Copetown. Uh, the one thing that we do have is is Scott Cowks, who, you know, would arguably be, you know, the top golf instructor and golf coach in Canada, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, one of your boys, Jacob, um, he's mm-hmm. Mac, Mac Hughes coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my coach. He is. Then. And your coach grunt. There you go. And so we were, um, so he's, he started uh, out here last year. And again, me, you know, my goal to elevate the profile of Copetown woods, um, without having a a full-time golf professional on staff, I'm not a golf pro. And, um, but, uh, the, you know, that was my, my goal to elevate the profile of the club. Well, you know, to have somebody like Scott Cowks come out and be, uh, you know, the instructor, he doesn't work for Copetown Woods. He utilizes our, our practice facility. Yeah. He books his own lessons. He does all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he has elevated the profile. And so there's a lot of conversation right now, um, you know, that he's having. And, and uh, his goal is to create a, a real solid junior program similar to what he had, you know, that he did at Hamilton and, um, you know, that you would have been part of, Jacob, that, um, you know, he wants to be able to have that and, and kind of have these, you know, these kids Mm-hmm. you know, make Copetown Woods as their home club. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say that uh, no offense to, you know, you and your uh, uh, Highland Hawks uh, teammate of McKenzie's that, uh, <laughs> that, that you rode on his back the entire way yeah. um, <laughs> when he would win the, uh, the local high school tra- tra- championship out here every year. Actually, um, Barry, I, I almost three-peated at Copetown Woods. I won two high school championships there and I lost my final year to Unchill. I almost three-peated at Copetown Woods. But McKenzie, that was after he went on to Kent State. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There you go. Exactly. Um, But uh, the best junior uh, player that we ever had out here, and I actually looked this up the other day, in 2012, we hosted the CJGA National Championship. Mm -hmm. um, And the girls' division, 11- to 19-year-olds, was won by Brooke Henderson, who was 12 years old at the time. I've heard of her. I think, I she's think still she playing. won. <laughs> I think I think she won by. She maybe won by 20 over. I think it was over 20 strokes that she won by in four rounds, and her third round as a 12 year old from our white tees, which is like 6,100 yards, she shot 67, wow, which is wow. insane. Yes. So, so it's uh yeah. So anyways, all all of that to be said, it's you know there there definitely is the you know, needs to be that grow the game, um, you know, component out there. And, um, and it's, it's a, it, it's, it sometimes can be a balancing act of, of managing a public golf course um, to ensure that, you know, you're, you're still providing those opportunities, but we're maximizing what we can do for, you know, for, you know, bringing the revenue in. And so, um, sure. but there, there definitely is a, uh, there definitely needs to be a space for that. Well, if I can, if I can sum it up, I, I feel like you're, you're, you're never satisfied, Barry, you always want to get better. And, it, you, you talked about Scott Cokes and, and what a staple he is for the teaching program. You added another staple this year with Maureen Chan, uh, Chan uh, 
Um, yep. she's fantastic. Um, but that's the way I look at Copetown Woods right, right now. It's, you're always looking to do something better. You're always looking to get better and provide a better experience for whether it is a junior, like with this new junior program that you're trying to achieve for that weekend warrior that's just coming out with his buddies and want to have a beer at, after the, the patio. And then you're getting some of the TSN guys coming all the way from Toronto, driving down to Copetown to play. So creating a real big uh, destination here in Ontario. We've seen it. Uh, Lots of people are talking about it. Um, so thanks for coming on and, and sharing the story about Cope Town. Um, looking forward to hopefully getting out there after the, the stay-at-home order gets lifted to, to, to get around in with the boys. Um, but thanks again, Barry, for coming on to, to speak about uh, Cope Town Woods. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it and look forward to having you out.